Welcome to The Breakdown with Dr. Earl, a mental health podcast. This is Dr. Earl Turner, a licensed psychologist and psychology professor in Los Angeles. Just a few disclaimers. The Breakdown podcast is not intended to replace working with a licensed mental health professional. The podcast is only intended to provide educational information and discuss psychology as it applies to your daily life. Welcome to The Breakdown. This is Dr. Earl. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of The Breakdown with Dr. Earl. On today's episode, I am discussing Black activism and mental health. And um, I think, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to cover this particular topic is that we've seen increases in activism in the Black community over the last couple of years, specifically centered around um, issues related to um, police brutality with Black Lives Matter. Uh, We've also seen some increases in activism around voter rights and voter suppression in many different states as well. And so I think it's an important conversation to have in terms of what are the mental health impacts of engaging in activism. And so we know that there can be some um, positive benefits to engaging in activism, but activism can also put you at a much higher risk of exposure to racism and discrimination, which can have some psychological impacts on your uh, mental health. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that today, um, discuss some of the research around Black activism and mental health, as well as talk about some of the ways that you can continue to manage your um, emotions and anxiety, as well as the additional psychological reactions that may come along with engaging in Black activism. But before I get into the episode, I wanted to take a minute to just pause and reflect because this is the final episode of season four of the podcast. And I wanted to just thank all of you for tuning in, listening to the show, for those that have been connected to the Breakdown with Dr. Earl's Instagram page. I appreciate you for sharing the post and the content, as well as for interacting with me through my life events that I've hosted on Instagram. And I also appreciate all of you for checking out our gear for the Breakdown Podcast. So we have t-shirts, we have hoodies, and some other swag that you can check out by visiting um, the link in the bio on Instagram. Or you can visit my website, drlangaturner.com slash shop to find out more information about that. And so I appreciate all of you for purchasing that gear as it has been helpful to contribute to making the podcast be a success and, 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 and financially supporting the podcast in that manner. So it's been an amazing journey for the last four seasons. I think we've covered a lot of different topics. Some of those topics, really tough discussions around racism and discrimination, topics around sort of my own journey with doing this work as a psychologist and being able to talk about ways that we can continue to spread joy as Black people because life can be difficult, but we have to continue to to live this life, right? And so I think it has been important for me to have this podcast to really talk about 
all of those different issues and really wanted to focus on, you know, some of the things around coping, healing and thriving. And that is something that I have tried to do throughout the last four seasons of the show. And so just to sort of take a little bit to dig into those terms for me, when I think about coping, healing and thriving, really understanding that I view coping as how do you handle these sort of in the moment life situations that you may be facing. And once you're able to sort of cope in those experiences, that's not to say that you may continue to not struggle with some of those difficulties. And so that is why um, healing is important. And so healing allows you to, to deal with some of the aftermath of these stressful life situations or traumatic experiences that you've had. That is how I view healing. And then the last part of, of, of what I wanted to talk about and, and what I've tried to do with the podcast is really talk about how can we continue to thrive as Black people? So how can we grow from these experiences and, and, and continue to prosper in many different aspects of our life? And so when I think about um, coping, healing, and thriving, I've tried to integrate that throughout each season of the podcast. And I want to sort of end season four with sort of diving a little bit deeper into the ideas of coping, healing, and thriving when we talk about Black activism. This episode was brought to you by Turner Psychological and Consulting Services. We offer workshops and trainings for the public and professional audiences on mental health awareness and diversity and inclusion. We also offer consultation for expert witness testimony. For booking, contact info at DrErlingerTurner.com. So um, let's just jump into it. I wanted to talk about Black activism and specifically what are some of the things that we oftentimes engage in activism for. And at the surface level, I think we all understand that activism involves, you know, fighting against social injustice that may be occurring in our communities. And if we think about some of the, you know, common topics that we have maybe been advocating for more recently in terms of activism has been centered around police brutality and this continued um, discrimination and racism that we as Black people experience at the hands of some police officers. And one of the other issues that sort of has come up is around sort of voter rights and, and voter suppression in different states. And we continue to see those types of things coming up even today. And so I, I know that for many people, those two issues oftentimes are something that we want to be able to sort of speak up about and in terms of engaging in activism that oftentimes for most people at the surface level looks like attending a rally or a protest. I think that that is one way to engage in activism, but there are other ways that people can engage in activism as well. And so I want to talk about, you know, when we think about activism that there can be what's referred to as sort of low risk activities engaged in um, activism. And so that may be things like um, contacting your local uh, congressman or or policymaker in your community. It may be um, writing a letter, going to their offices to have a meeting with them to talk about those issues and concerns. 
or it may be some of these more high risk um, activism activities. And, and so those may be things like attending a march or going to a, a, a peaceful protest where, as we've seen in the media, there can be times where these incidents escalate. And so there can be some violence that, that may occur. And particularly when we talk about kids being present at some of those events, they may witness those things. They may witness you as a parent being in a situation where you are being um, harassed, you know, called names and those types of things, which can also have some lasting impacts on them as a youth. And so I think that on one level, we know that activism is important, that in order for change to occur in society, we have to engage in this work, but it's not, all, it's not always pretty. And there can be some negative um, psychological impacts as a result of engaging in activism as well. So one of the things that you know I've talked about before in some of my media interviews around activism and, and a lot of stuff that occurred um, during the summer of, of 2020, with really thinking about how or individuals who are engaging in activism, specifically in terms of going to protest or rallies, like what are the the psychological toll of going to those particular events? And, and we know from looking at the research that it can have some detrimental impacts. So um, one of those things that I've talked about in relation to those detrimental impacts is what we refer to as uh, race-related stress. Some people say racial stress. Some people um, have been using the term racial trauma. Those terms are important to recognize because for some individuals, when you witness these types of negative interactions that are related to racism and discrimination, it can have a negative um, impact on your mental health. And so uh, my colleague, Dr. Sheila Harrell, um, has sort of um, talked about race-related stress as being a transaction between individuals or groups and their environments that emerge from the dynamics of racism and that are perceived to tax or even exceed existing individual or collective resources or even threaten an individual's well-being. And so that's a quote from one of her writings that she um, published years ago. And I think for any of us that are engaging in um, activism, that we know that we can sometimes feel drained, we can feel angry and emotional after some of those incidents. Or when we sort of speak up about some of these topics, we can sort of relive um, some of those things emotionally, which can be really difficult as well. And so there was a study that came out um, a couple of years ago that looked at activism and particularly tying it back to what I mentioned earlier in regards to low-risk activism versus high-risk activism. And what they found is that for individuals, um, Black individuals who are engaging in low-risk activism, that they may be at a sort of um, lower risk of experiencing negative psychological in, in, um, outcomes. And those that are engaging in 
higher risk activism or more likely to uh, experience or be at risk for developing more negative um, psychological impacts as a result of that. Um, and so that's, that's, short, that's just sort of one lens to look at engaging in black activism. There are also other um, scholars, um, Dr. Watson Singleton published a paper that just came out in 2021 that really looked at how activism can be really beneficial and serve as a protective factor or basically like reduce the risk of some of those negative psychological um, impacts that I just discussed before. And the way that um, she and her colleagues look at black activism and how it can be uh, beneficial is that it um, provides us with a critical consciousness in terms of thinking about race, as well as um, empowers us to continue to sort of be hopeful about some of the the change that can result after engaging in some of this work um, that's really important to do in terms of, of change in communities. So I think that, you know, when we talk about activism, we know it's beneficial, but I, I, I wanted to talk about this because I want us to recognize what are the potential psychological impacts of doing this work. And so I want people to be mindful of sort of going back to my point that I started the episode off with in terms of coping, healing, and thriving, that when you are doing work as a Black activist, you are going to have to identify what are some of the things that can be helpful for you to sort of cope in the moment. And so what what may be your anxiety, let's say, about going to a rally, and do you want to sort of identify those tools to like get through that anxiety in that moment so you can continue to do that work? Or do you want to consider maybe engaging in a low risk um, activism type of activity where you may, you know, make phone calls um, to people or write letters um, around the, the issue that you may be sort of advocating for. So I think those are some of the ways that you want to sort of think about that um, as well. And I'll come back to some other things as well in a little bit. One thing that comes up sometimes around engaging in activism is that people expect you to want to always be in the heat of it. And so when I when I say that, I mean, you know, on the front lines, doing protests or going to rallies. And I feel like there's pressure for people to do that. And if you don't engage in that type of activism, then your you know, Blackness is looked at differently or challenged, or you may sort of put more pressure on yourself to feel like you have to engage in the, those types of activities. I know for me, and I tell people all the time, I don't like large crowds. And so it makes it really difficult for me to want to be in a space where it's so many people. So I have to identify the ways that I can engage in activism and speak up around some of these issues. And so I choose to either donate um, to causes around um, fighting injustice or because I'm a psychologist 
I've been in spaces and had opportunities where I can, you know, go to Capitol Hill and and speak to policymakers or um, talk with individuals that can impact some policy change, specifically around policing, where I can talk about the research and the science around those, but also identify my own personal connection to those experiences as being a Black man who has been stopped by police on numerous occasions while driving Black um, and had to sort of endure some of the potential sort of stress and the 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 racial um, trauma related to those types of experiences. And so I think you have to sort of understand yourself as well from that level when you are engaging in this work in terms of activism as a Black person and also being able to, to do what fits with you and your personality. And I think that we have to stop pressuring people to make their level of activism look like what we perceive should be their level of activism, because I think that's also um, unhealthy on many ways. So um, I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, the healing pieces. And so I started off the conversation on the episode about coping, healing, and thriving. And um, I just had the opportunity to write this paper with my colleagues um, here in Los Angeles, Dr. Shelley Harrell and Dr. Tame Brian Davis for a submission that was accepted to be published in the Journal of Black Psychology titled Black Love, Activism and Community, the Black Model of Healing and Resilience. And I will be sure to um, share the article once it's out in print, but the real purpose of us sort of putting together this um, article was a way to really highlight and understand and explore how Black love and our love for our community centers the work for many of us in terms of why we engage in activism around um, different types of injustices that we experience as Black people. And so in the article, we touch a little bit on some of the things that I've already discussed related to the different types of risks that may be associated with engaging in activism, but we also discuss some of the ways that you can begin to engage in, engage in healing practices. And you know, one thing that I've talked about on the podcast before is that as a mental health system and, and as Black people are being interested more in going to therapy because of sort of more discussions around it and breaking some of the stigma around going to treatment, that the field of mental health also needs to be more cognizant and aware of how we are engaging in doing therapy with Black clients that is centered on healing practices that are grounded um, in culture and grounded in our identity um, as Black people. One thing that I think is really important is that for us to be able to continue to do the things that 
we find um, consistent with our culture. And so connecting it back to um, African-centered practices, what are the things in terms of our connection to our uh, community and our cultural group? What are the things that may be connected to the ways in terms of how we think about um, dance and and art and, and music and all of those things that can also be healing for us. And that oftentimes as a sort of mental health field, we don't train clinicians and therapists to be able to sort of integrate those practices into their work. And, and I won't get into a whole lot of detail on the episode about that, but I think there, there are some universities and, and schools that train people to do this work and they center it on culturally centered practices. And then there are others that don't do that, which can be sort of less helpful um, in terms of overall healing uh, for us as Black people. And so the way that we sort of talked about this um, Black love, activism, and community model, or the Black model, BLAC, um, is to recognize that there are multiple areas or domains that may be important in terms of navigating life when you're engaging in activism. And so just to sort of highlight these um, domains really sort of briefly, what are those areas that we think about in terms of how we can be able to utilize activism and, and the work Um, around social justice to be able to restore ourselves. One of the the things that we sort of thought about as we were writing this paper and really thinking through our Black model was to really understand how sort of love for the community is really critical in terms of sustaining mental health among us and, and for those that are engage, engaging in um, activism. And that when Black activists are engaged in doing this work from the space of sort of love and the sort of communal connection that that fosters well-being among individuals and allows activists to continue to organize themselves in a way that continue to foster and work towards um, liberation. I want to briefly just sort of, you know, highlight what are the sort of four areas or domains that we sort of think about when it comes to healing and Black activism and that we need to um, sort of recognize for us individually, like what are the things that we need to be able to sort of sustain ourselves? And I'll talk a little bit about Um, sort of what works for me. But in our model, um, again, this paper is going to be published in the Journal of Black Psychology, and and hopefully it'll be out soon. Um, The first area that we look at is the importance of relationships. And so when engaging in Black activism, I think part of what happens when you're doing that work is that there is that sense of community, you are more likely to engage in 
um, doing activism with family members or friends. And so I think the idea of having that sense of relationship and, and community is really helpful to create that space of belonging. And so that does help people to recover and be resilient in the midst of doing this really hard and difficult work. And so I know that I've talked to people before in terms of my own ways of navigating sort of some of the the stress that comes around me having continued dialogue and conversations around police brutality is that I know that I have my friendships and my community that I can go to to seek sort of that support that I need. So that way I, I don't have to sort of just deal with all of those emotions, you know, on my own. And so I think it's helpful for people to recognize sort of how relationships are really important and that if you do feel stress, anxiety, sadness, anger, whatever those emotions are, that you're able to sort of identify where you can get that social support from. And in times where that's not maybe um, with your sort of family or, or friendship network, that you, again, want to be able to sort of seek out that support from a licensed therapist or psychologist that at least can help you sort of process some of those those emotions and feelings that you may be experiencing as a result of doing this really difficult work. The um, second area that we talked about is sort of the importance of spirituality. And I know that not um, every person would identify as being religious or spiritual, but I know that if we look at the research, that a huge percentage of the Black population identifies some connection to religious coping and, and, and having a sense of understanding meaning and purpose that may be connected to a higher power, whether that's God or other spiritual beings. And that that sort of centrality of how we think about spiritual and religious coping is important for many people. And that if we look at the data and the research, and even, you know, from people's own personal experiences, we know that for people that are engaged or that attend um, Black churches, that oftentimes there is some component of engaging in activism um, that comes along with that work. And I think we've seen in in numerous situations of, over history where um, Black pastors have been central to a lot of movements around um, social social injustice. And so I think that that's really important uh, for people to sort of recognize how that can also be helpful um, for resiliency. And um, again, from my own personal um, life, you know, spirituality is something that is really important to me and it helps keep me grounded. And so when I sort of think about the the challenges or even the sort of up and down road that we see with social injustice is that having some sense of of hope that things can change again better um, helps me to sort of make that connection um, to sort of to faith and and having that sort of um, spiritual component for myself that's helpful. Um, Another area that we discuss in the Black Model paper is related to identity. And I sort of touched on this earlier in terms of thinking about um, ethnic identity and specifically thinking about things like racial socialization. And so 
not only just talking about sort of potential to experience racism and discrimination, but how you can um, cope with those experiences, how you can have a stronger connection to your um, racial background and understanding the contributions that we have made to this country as Black people and that we see from the research in terms of positive racial and ethnic socialization that that is really helpful to protect against some of these negative psychological um, impacts that can result from racism and discrimination. Again, this is something that I've talked about before on the podcast over the last couple of seasons. So do go back and and, and listen to some of the episodes that talk about um, ethnic and racial socialization um, and how that may be really helpful for, for Black youth in terms of, of, of those messages that they are um, sort of sent through your home. And obviously they're gonna get things through the media and, and through you know, witnessing things at school, but it's really important for, for parents to also foster some of that um, in their youth as well. And then the last area that we talk about um, in terms of the, the Black model and its connection to activism is thinking about um, this domain or area of active expression. And that is really looking at things like um, art and creativity. And so we can think about music and dance and how those pieces are really um, helpful for us and, and really oftentimes connects back to our um, African-centered um, roots. Uh, we can think about sort of other activities in terms of physical um, movement, so um, athletics, um, and also other ways that may sort of bring us joy. And so I know that for people that follow me on social media, you know, you see me at times engaging in running outside. So that's a really uh, important component of my self-care and active expression to be able to sort of deal with um, some of the the stress and the tension that comes along with engaging in this activism work, which is really difficult. So really, again, thinking about what works for you. And I know we've talked about sort of self-care practices and what that looks like before on the podcast. And so you can't expect that, you know, the, the same thing that works for you in terms of active expression is going to work for, for someone else that you know. So you really do have to sort of individualize those things um, to identify what is going to help you most in terms of coping with the stress um, that you may experience that that um, can come along with engaging in, in activism. I want you to um, check out some of the resources that I will list in the show notes. As I mentioned, the article will be published in the Journal of Black Psychology uh, forthcoming. And so you can stay tuned for that information on my website at drlankerturner.com. And you can also check out um, if you are a therapist or, or uh, psychologist that you can also look at my book, which is Mental Health Among African-Americans. And I don't talk specifically about activism there it was published in 2019, but I do talk about some of the impacts of uh, race-related stress and sort of what that um, does and how you can begin to assist your clients in terms of navigating um, some of those mental health challenges um, as well. 
So thank you for listening to the episode. Um, be sure to, to share it and also um, to let me know your thoughts. Um, email me at the breakdown with Dr. Earl at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me for another season of The Breakdown with Dr. Earl, a mental health podcast. Remember, you set your mindset. Be well.